Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Deeper Daily Podcast for the sixth day of January. I'm Paul White, and we are in the book of Mark. Mark chapter 1 begins with the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and then Mark promptly incorporates uh, ideas from several different Old Testament passages in the second and third verses. What he's doing is actually giving a prophetic word about the arrival of John the Baptist, even though, of course, he doesn't name John the Baptist. The Old Testament doesn't name John the Baptist. Mark's about to, but he doesn't yet. And he uses a scripture, as we said yesterday, there's shades of Exodus, there's a definite pull from Malachi, and then there's most certainly the landing spot is from Isaiah 40. And the end of that phrase, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight, shows that what Mark is doing is putting John as the precursor to Jesus, and but he's also, because of his opening line, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, he's connecting John's proclamation of Jesus to the word gospel. One of the things we talked about in the last couple of days is that the phrase gospel was first used of Caesar, the arrival of the emperor, the conquering emperor into the city was gospel. Gospel meaning good news, the arrival of a king, good news, the arrival of a benevolent leader. For the Christians to start using the word gospel, they were stealing the phrase from Caesar and elevating Jesus Christ, the Son of God, into the same position, although we can certainly argue that they're putting him in a superior position to Caesar, but they're using that term to put him in the, in the, the same position as Caesar. By connecting John to the story, what we find is that their idea of gospel is not accept Jesus, go to heaven, miss hell. Their idea of gospel is proclamation of good news. That's why they connect John the Baptist to the gospel, because John the Baptist is the first voice in Jesus's generation to point to Jesus uh, publicly. Now, we did have, and we learned this in the nativity story back in our Advent journey into Christmas, we have had the proclamations of Jesus as Savior and Redeemer from uh, the book of Luke, from Simeon in the temple, whenever Simeon takes little baby Jesus in his arms and declares that, okay, now I can die because I've seen God's salvation. He had waited until he could see God's salvation. And then we have Anna, who bears witness to the Redeemer and then goes out telling everyone in the city that she can see that this is him, the one that we've looked for. Um, So in a way, Simeon and Anna are the first proclaimers of Jesus as Redeemer, but John is the first public ministry to shift his gaze, so to speak, from what he's doing onto the Messiah that is to come. So Mark leads us into this John story, which will just incorporate a few verses. And so I want us to get started today 
on this passage about John the Baptist, and we'll talk John the Baptist for a few days because his his role in the Jesus story cannot be uh, overstated. And, and I want to, in the next few days, unpack why I don't think it can be overstated. Mark chapter 1, verse 4, John came baptizing in the wilderness and preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. Um, the Greek here might lean a little more to because of forgiveness of sins. A baptism of repentance because of forgiveness of sins. And I say might because those um, prepositions can go different directions in the Greek. And so for um, could very well be translated because, and it sort of reflective of context as to which way we land. And so John baptizing in the wilderness and preaching a baptism of repentance is a location and a theology. He's baptizing in the wilderness as a way of showing the separation that he has from the temple-style religion. Uh, And you could say that because he's doing that, uh, it's an indictment on that same religion that will eventually be the cause of the execution of Jesus. Let me, let me go back to Malachi 4, because if you're going to talk about John the Baptist, you're not going to be able to do it properly without framing it within this Old Testament idea. The The canon of Old Testament, I told you yesterday that, that uh, Mark is using Malachi 3. Behold, I send a messenger. He will prepare the way before me. Malachi 4 ends with that messenger. In Malachi chapter 4, verse 5, Behold, I send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. So the arrival of John the Baptist at the end of the Old Testament canon, and you might be reading that and going, where's the, it doesn't say John the Baptist. And you're right, it doesn't. It says Elijah. In Matthew 11, Jesus claims that that is John, that John is that Elijah. So John shows up in the way that Elijah does, and his role is to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest God come and strike the earth with a curse. So I'll talk about that turn the hearts tomorrow, but I want to just sum this up today with this. If John doesn't show up, according to Malachi 4, 6, which is the last verse of the inspired, what we call Old Testament, if John doesn't show up, the earth is in trouble, lest I strike the earth with a curse. The fact that John arrives and proclaims gospel, the arrival of a king, No curse can fall because the king has arrived. The Old Testament ends with a proclamation that John's going to come to proclaim the curse breaker. Our king is a curse breaker. What a way to start the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're going to work with this next three, four, five verses over the next few days as we talk John the Baptist. 
Hoping that you have a great weekend. See you tomorrow. God bless.